Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Dark, a podcast that's just gonna real quick pop out of the walls and say hello. I'm Alex. <laughs> Sometimes in the darkness, you're like, oh, let me just turn the lights on. And then you're like, whoa, there's my car keys and uh, some other mysteries I've been trying to solve. It, oh, it was easy. All we had to do is look around a little bit. I'm Justin. I'm Pete, and wholly wrapping everything up in one episode. Oh, man. Uh, we're going to be what talking about... What just happened? It was great. Uh, chapter 78, The Preppy Murders. This is the second episode what? of season five, but also technically kind of the second to last episode of season four. Certainly has like that the last episode. Yes, this is the first full episode that they filmed post-COVID shutdown after they've come back. Uh, so that's kind of a big deal. I will say just right up front, I thought... You didn't miss anything. Like, the, it felt like an episode of Riverdale. I think a lot of people are looking yes. for... Well, I think a lot of people are looking for, like, oh, what's different now that they're shooting in COVID? Is everybody standing six feet away from each other? Can nobody kiss? What's going on? Uh, plus the fact that Vanessa Morgan was pregnant filming this entire episode. Um, but uh, they did a good job. Like, this feels like a regular episode of Riverdale. Uh, and not only that, a great episode of Riverdale that 100%. I thought was awesome. I loved it. Was, it. It was seamless, um, to your point. Uh, I agree completely. The only real thing that uh, that, that I noticed that, uh, was the Blossom Zoom. I was like, oh, that's definitely a post-COVID uh, change. <laughs> Is 100% but doing funny, that scene as a like, Zoom. It was very funny. Uh, I loved it. I yeah. truly oh, thought it was great. The muting was really great. Yeah, it's good stuff. That's all. I, I mean, if they can keep finding fun, creative ways to work around this that are winky but not talking about COVID in any way, love it. That's what all TV shows should be doing at this point. Yeah. Pete? Um, okay, so first off, um, the, yeah, I felt like it was seamless. I didn't feel like, oh, post-COVID, whatever, this is a different, the TV is different. Didn't feel that at all. But you guys are like, oh, yeah, like a normal episode. I'm sorry, but way too much shit happened in this episode that was not normal, like everything just well, that's up. that's I you might have forgotten because it's been a while. I mean, like to talk about the pattern and just we will recap as much as we can about what's I happened previously. Sleep. Like, and I then watched we'll go through this the whole episode. And I, I was like, is what 
everything just was. I this could is not a believe. classic second to last episode of Riverdale. You know, they did that in season yeah. one. They did it in season two. They didn't do it in season three. So we are getting into season four. Season three, we had the last episode was the wrap up. But uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, the showrunner, has been very open about this is a big Greg Berlanti tip that he got when he was starting to do the show. That what you do is you don't leave all the resolution for the end because then you don't have time for the emotional fallout. Instead, you do it the second to last episode, blow everything up, and then you can deal with how the characters are feeling. And that's great. And especially in this season or in this um, sort of mini season ending that we're getting right now, where the emotional um, resolution that we're going to get next episode is the big thing. Like, as much Mm -hmm. as these mysteries, we needed to wrap them up. The the emotional fallout of the uh, the Barchi moment that we're all living in, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> oh, stop! You know There's what I'm so about. much shit going. The on. origin of love, the kiss, um, the, the, the the future. The future was like, I can't deal. I can't deal with this right now. There is too much shit going on. We're just going to pretend because nobody can deal with this right now. <laughs> but here's the thing with this show. Also, as much as this episode was about wrapping shit up, they were also like. Yeah, but also Veronica's going to get mugged by a bunch of dudes because let's throw that in there as a whole new thing. It was like, and then what? just shot up in the alley. Like, hold on, yeah, hold on. What? We're jumping ahead of ourselves. This let's. Is... This is going to be extremely difficult because there's not just all of season four wrap up going into this episode, but there's things from like season two that they're picking yeah. up, which is insane. Is. Uh, but I'll, I'll give you the. Ground. It was too much. I'll give you the groundwork, and then we'll touch on other things as we go through the episode bit by bit. Uh, but starting off with Archie, the big thing that he's been dealing with all season long is the death of his father, Fred Andrews, from a hit and run. What happened, if you forgot, because it was all the way back in the season premiere, is uh, Fred was killed in the hit and run. Uh, there was a guy named George, I believe, who initially took uh, blame Mr. for that. Mr. Was Augustine. Mr. Augustine, George Augustine. Uh, but it was actually his son who did it, not him. Uh, Archie kind of moved away from it. We loop back to that this episode. But that, you mentioned the Barchi thing. Uh, Betty and Archie cheated on the respect of significant others. That's been weighing on Archie very heavily as well. Veronica and he broke up, but decided to stay together for the kids in the last episode, which we see <laughs> come to bear. Her dad attacks him? Yeah, well, uh, hold on, hold on. Straight joke hold, but and nobody's Hiram looking? found out about the cheating in the background. Hermione also knows. But right now, Betty, Betty obviously knows. I was about to say, Betty and Jughead Betty don't Def know. knows. <laughs> Betty knows. Okay. Jughead is basically the one person on the show at this point that has no idea what was going on. Uh, but this, among many other things, the fact that he did not get into the Naval Academy, he lost a fight with K.O. Kelly in the last episode. There's a lot of things that are weighing on Archie. Also, not to mention, he was almost killed by a bear, so he may not even graduate with everybody. So <laughs> you're skit. There's so much going on. Well, you're, this is like, what I'm saying. Barely... There's, like, there's a lot going on with Archie. There's a lot emotionally weighing on him. Uh, and the breaking point, as we found out towards the end of the last episode, is this overarching mystery involving the voyeur slash the orator, who is a weirdo who has been sending videotapes to everybody, starting with shots of people's doors, graduating to recreations of some of the most traumatic events in Riverdale what? history. And what we got the last episode, Archie got a tape of him being held up by the Black Hood, which I believe was the same uh, season one episode. It was the season one closer, the cliffhanger, yep. where Fred Andrews was shot. So this snaps Archie as we get to see in this episode. Jumping over to the Voyeur Archer, lots of stuff going on there. Bughead have been investigating wait, wait. it. What, Pete? This is just the recap you portion. This is just the recap. I know, but you can't just say things that are incorrect. You said some weirdo. It's not some weirdo. We know who it is. And Pete, haven't you ever seen this is the recap at the school? beginning of the episode. The way this... Uh, okay, let me just really quickly explain the logical progression of time. So there are before things, there are things that are mm. happening now, and there are future things. And just so, Pete, real Real quick, so the, the way that works is the before you know things. Who it is. The before things happen inside your brain. The current things happen when you're with your eyes, and the future things. I am just aware guessing. of this part. I just, I, the weirdo threw me off. <laughs> I think this episode of Riverdale was too fast for Pete, and now his brain's broken. Yes, yes. <laughs> I can't believe you guys are not in shell shock by all the thing. I've been feeling numb. I couldn't sleep. It's 
crazy well, everything that was packed in this. I've got some great news for you. We've got about an hour where we're going to be talking about it if you can okay. stop interrupting the recap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know what this is. So also, the you feel numb. and the orator may be the same person. We don't quite know going into this episode. Uh, there's certainly a lot going on. They had a weird videotape that popped up at prom uh, where it looked like they were stabbing this guy at an owl mask who may or may not be David, the guy who owns the Blue Velvet video shop. Uh as uh, he seems to have disappeared. We don't know what's happened to him. We find out more about that this episode, as well as obviously the voyeur and the auteur. Uh, but they've definitely been provocateurs in the town is wow. basically what's going on there. The French other thing class. that you need to know that plays very heavily in this episode uh, is that Jughead for a good chunk of season four, went away to Stonewall Prep, an elite academy where he was brought for his writing prowess. Turns out it wasn't exactly that. The short version, really all you need to know <laughs> is there are a bunch of fellow students who tried to kill him, uh, tried to set up Betty to murder him. It didn't quite work out uh, in order to steal a bunch of his writing uh, for these Baxter Brothers novels. That doesn't really play in, but just so you know, they include yeah. Brett Weston Wallace, Donna Sweet, Joan, and Jonathan, who is referred to in no way at all this episode. Um, <laughs> but by the end R. of R. that P. particular plot line, Brett was in jail, Donna had was on the run, and Joan had fled the country. Those were the three things going on with them. Now, investigating all of these mysteries with him is Charles Jughead and Betty's half-brother who had disappeared for a very long period of time. Turns out he's working for the FBI. We already know that he has been bugging their house. We found that out back in Halloween. We also found out that he was in a relationship with Chick, something that we knew originally but was confirmed yeah. when they told each other they loved each other in prison. Chick, by the way, is the guy who is <laughs> pretending to be Charles <laughs> who lived with them. <laughs> Could you imagine if this was your first episode of Riverdale? It feels yeah, good like luck it explaining is. Explaining Chick. Go ahead, explain Chick. Yeah, I'll explain it to you in one sentence. The true hero of Riverdale. Chick. Oh, stop. Uh, and he really does save things, I think, this episode, as we find out, along with Charles, the co hero of Riverdale, uh, as we'll talk about later. Uh, so, Chick, nope. uh, Charles, it was unclear whether they were actually in love. Turns out they are actually in love. Yes. Moving on from there, we'll get back to that later. Um, what else do you need to know? Um, you Jelly haven't even Bean... touched on Cheryl at all. <laughs> I know. I'm getting there. Or the Blossom I'm still family. trying to focus on the Cooper Smith, uh, Cooper Smith uh, Jones household. Um, F.P. Jones is somebody who lives with them. He is <laughs> in love with Alice. Uh, Jelly B. Jones also lives with them. Um, so far, uh, all we really knew about her was that she showed up at one of David's weird red band raves uh, where they showed off snuff films and tickle videos and other things like that like that. But she said that she just got the tickets from Lauren and soccer practice. So I don't think that's suspicious at all. Nothing suspicious there. Nothing we've talked about and perhaps even predicted going on mm, here. Maybe we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Justin, try not to interrupt. Sure. Uh, the last thing I'm going to mention and that I really think you do need to move on. Uh, well, okay, I'll mention that Veronica also has her own half-sister who's named Hermosa. She usually is in Miami. Sometimes she comes up. She's uh, diabolical the way that Hiram is, and she's kind of teed up with Veronica who's sometimes not. On Cheryl, we had a big deal about this last episode because Cheryl and Tony seem to have some sort of a weird breakup, maybe, maybe not, where Tony was just sleeping somewhere else for one night after prom. Cheryl naturally interpreted that as we are broken up and I'm going to be alone forever. The issue was that Tony's grandparents really do not like the Blossoms. The Blossoms stole the indigenous people who were living in Riverdale beforehand, their land. So that is obviously a big issue that goes back generations. The grandparents are holding on to it. Tony's trying to work on them. Uh, Cheryl, again, thinks they are totally over, and that is it for them. Lots more going on, but this has already been a massive recap going into the episode, so let's kick it off. I almost feel like this episode we do, we can certainly Bravo. walk through it bit, bit to bit, but I feel like we can kind of go storyline by storyline, because this is a multiple trains running one. Yes. Um, yeah. I think a lot of these trains are running right at each other, and maybe even yeah. uh, some of them aren't even on tracks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. I, let's start off with Archie's storyline, though. We start off with him uh, punching wait, this wait, bag. Wait, wait, He's wait. flashing. Yes, Pete. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was sat through this whole thing. I had to put my thing put down hero. because it was so emotional. Your thing being Listen. your headphones. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so uh, how did you guys move on with your lives after this show? Because I have been in such... Like, 
walking around like a zombie because of all the things that happened in this episode. I I don't know how you have moved on and processed this. It was too much at once. I am my brain is too shot. Well, I mean, I'll tell you, I I went into my kids' room, I woke them up, mm-hmm. I hugged them, we cried. <laughs> Got That's a, beautiful. Man. Drank a That's bottle beautiful. of whiskey. I went to a bar. I growled, <laughs> uh, "Better make that a double." You know what? Leave the full bottle. Yeah. Nice. And, uh, I always wanted to do leave that. The I always wanted to do yeah. that. And they're like, "Sir, that's going to be um, one hundred and seventy dollars." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you never, you, you never see the scene where the person who says leave the bottle has to pay for their drinks. Um, I, yeah, every single time. Also, it's somebody who's like, uh, "I only have a dollar in my name. Time to go to a bar and <laughs> drink everything on the shelf." Yeah. I mean, I dealt with it by going into my uh, room and just beating the shit out of a, a heavy bag for um, as long as I possibly could. Because that's how uh, we yeah. deal. Yeah. You can either do that. The fun fact, you can either do that with a heavy bag or with an uncle. Either way. Yep. Same thing. I mean, Frank, uh, Frank Andrews is a real heavy bag. If you know yeah, what I'm He's about. definitely very leathery. Like, he's a very leathery guy. And uh, that dude is on the Hiram uh, Diet. He's juiced oh, so yeah. much more jacked. He was <laughs> so much bigger when he did. Like, <laughs> uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, that's why there wasn't hiding bursting, any muscles. Bursting out of his shirt. Uh, all right, so Archie, uh, you know what? Let's just walk through the episode and see where we get to. There's so many things that happened, and I'm sure we're going to forget something otherwise. Archie's punching the bag. We get the flashback. Um, overall, just broad strokes. Great storyline. I thought. Uh, Archie has been so good. I, I'm going to say this season a lot, even though technically this is season five, but I feel like it's easier to refer to this. This yeah. arc for Archie has been beautifully done. KJ Appa has been doing some amazing work. And Great. it's obviously horrible, unfortunate real-life circumstances with Luke Perry passing away rather suddenly. But the fact that they're turning it into this very heartfelt uh, storyline that keeps calling it back is really wonderful to see and heartbreaking at the same time. Uh, And to take a character like Archie that um, wasn't fully hinged to begin with is like very loosely (laughs) hinged, if I can use an industry term and to really, to really unhinge him uh, this season slowly over time in a show where there's so much going on, but to really hit those beats and this episode, have it come to this culmination where you're like, Oh shit, he is out of control in a dangerous way when he's been out of control in 50 other ways throughout the, all of this uh, show and have it be different and important. I thought was really uh, very hard to do and really well done. Yeah, I agree. I, I've been, you know, sometimes Archie can really drive me insane, but uh, this episode in particular, uh, what the actor is doing and like the, the moments that are had are just so great. And so uh, uh, well done. Uh, I mean, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, but the scene almost directly after that, where he goes to Fred's grave and he's sobbing and he's sweaty and he's talking about, I don't understand how, why this town keeps disrespecting you. I thought that was such a great way of driving in on the issue that he's having and everything that's going on, leading to a probable leaving town decision that's going to happen in the next episode. Um, I loved it. I thought it was interesting that he was like, the town's doing this because yeah, that was weird. That to me is him being fed up with everything um, and it playing mm-hmm. out uh, toward the sort of the, the hardest thing for him to deal with is Fred's death. Because it's not really the town. It, is it not disrespecting Fred? Uh, it's like but I, you could argue that this um, the hit and run thing that's not even in this town. It's in another place. So it, it, it's really Archie being like, I'm overwhelmed in everything. And this is the only mm-hmm. safe place I can come to let it out. But also, I think that, like, as someone who, like, you know, goes through high school and then graduates and has to decide what to do, like, sometimes people are like, I just want to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And they blame the whole place for a lot of what's going on. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's, right. to- that's totally accurate. And I think also in the span of the show, everybody in the show looks at Riverdale as this thing. You know, I mean, it's a very meta way of looking at it, but they certainly look at it as like the darkness of the town. This is what the town is doing. Even if So you're saying it's like a character inside the show? Yeah, it's like how in a Martin Scorsese movie, New York is really more of a character. Same oh, sort of thing. oh, wow. I, I've never heard wow, that I've before. I've never heard that. That's yeah, an original never thought I just had. Wow. Wow. Um, I, I, again, I, I think that's a good um, good theory, good thought. But my theory, I think, still stands that all the characters on Riverdale are secretly watching the TV show Riverdale. <laughs> so when Archie goes to the grave and he's like, Riverdale doesn't respect you, he's talking about the most recent episode of Riverdale. 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was in italics when he said it out loud. That was weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. He put uh, quotes. I think he did quotes. Yeah, he did quotes. He did quotes. Whatever his style guide says. I don't know. Uh, just <laughs> jumping back for a second. Also, uh, Molly Ringwald, great in this storyline. We get a little bit of yeah. Mary, but she builds to an emotional crest. Uh, but we jump over to Bughead. They're asleep at home. Get a call from Brett. Uh, He's in prison. Poor Betty gets no sleep in this whole thing. A lot yeah. of wake Every time she lies down to go to bed, something happens. Unbelievable. <laughs> I love that everybody has their direct line as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Betty was like, I hate you, but here's my bedroom number. <laughs> <laughs> the direct line. If, I mean, in that, in the um, the Cooper Jones household, how many individual phone lines do you think are flown in there? Yeah, you, so many. They got, <laughs> no. the, they got the family plan to the, to the dome going on there. I mean, Jelly Bean probably has her own dedicated landline just to play Minecraft. So, <laughs> plus, uh, upload all these videos and everything. Yeah, her yeah, bandwidth's got to be crazy. Web. Big oh, reveal, yeah. big bandwidth reveal this episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we're jumping ahead here, but I think we could say that Jelly Bean turns out to be a Twitch streamer. That's like the big reveal of the episode. And she's got classic Twitch. The original Twitch was sending VHS tapes to strangers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's me, here's me playing um, Zelda. Mist. <laughs> I'm <laughs> playing Mist. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, they get to the prison too late after they've already tried to make a deal to get him into solitary to get the information. And Brett is dead. Uh, I understand wrapping up loot sends. It certainly <laughs> matches up with what's going on with Chilling Adventure Sabrina. But to jump ahead, killing off Brett, killing off Donna, killing off Joan. That was a bummer. I like these characters. I agree. Uh, I was I was sad. I was oddly I was surprised that I was like when when what? Brett died, I was like, oh man. Well, I mean, especially his last words on the show were like, okay, ponytail and slughead. I was like, look at this, look at this goof. <laughs> hey, if we're gonna go out, you know, go out. No, I mean, uh, I mean, we got to see Brett die and Sabrina. We got to see Brett die here. This is great. This is fun. <laughs> Maybe more shows. Maybe he can tour around and die on other shows. That would be a yeah, yeah I hope so. sixty Good minutes career. would be, be great. A fun real. Uh, so, uh, then we get a brief thing of Cheryl, which I think was just kind of to set up that graduation is about to happen where she's like, how dare you? I'm not wearing this robe. I only wear red. Give me a red robe. Very classic Cheryl thing. Uh, But that brings us into Veronica and Archie. I'm curious to hear what you guys thought about this, but Veronica kisses Archie, says play along. Archie is very chuffed about it. Uh, Bughead definitely catches on uh, to the point where he kind of shoots back at everybody. She pulls him out and she's like, this is the only option. We have no other options other than to lie for at this I was point. So just happy uh, for everything that's coming forward. This was very nice of Veronica. Just be like, listen, really? there's too much. I can't. We can't deal with this right now. There's yeah. too much happening. I believe the line was, "She's like Archie. We can't deal with this. Pete can't deal with this. Just kiss me." <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, this is very Veronica. She's like, "Put away the emotions. I got other shit to deal with. I can't do this." And Archie, on the complete also, side, my is dad like, might kill you. Well, and the, I guess no one knows that that's coming anyway. But like, and Archie's just like, "What? I can't have a secret. <laughs> what are you crazy? <laughs> I'm uh, Archie." Well, so, uh, I'm sure both of you have opinions about this. Certainly there's been a ton, a ton of talk online about the cheating storyline and how it's played out since the kiss back in Wicked Little Town, um, where we saw bits of it before the season four, before season four wrapped up, quote unquote. Uh, here in season five, though, we had a very quick look from Betty and Archie. It was more about the fallout for Varchie here. As we've been talking about, it's kind of like, nope, no time. Too much going on this episode. Let's push ahead. Um, so what do you think about this? I mean, uh, what are your predictions you for the final episode? Are they going to continue to kind of move on as normal through graduation? Are we going to see Barchi going forward? Is there going to be more fallout? Uh, this gets it certainly into prediction, but Wait, what's your take and how are you feeling about how this is playing out so far? Because uh, the reason I ask is I know there's been a fair amount of frustration, particularly from the segment of the audience that watches for ships that there hasn't been more focus on this relationship part of it. I think, I think, think you Veronica- wait, 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 let me get this straight. Yes. The show's not dealing with it because it's too much, but you want to fucking start, stop and deal with this? Yes. No, no I'm not saying not anything in any direction. I'm asking you how you feel about it. Uh, yeah. Pete, it's time to open up and let out the dark Betty persona in your head. Uh, <laughs> You're already I, wearing the wig. Yeah. I think, um, 
I, I think Veronica is doing the, the good work of the show here by being like, yes. Archie, just wait. Um, we have to wrap up all of the plot stuff. Um, yep. And then next episode, we're going to get emotional. And I think uh, I, I like that. And I think next episode, we are going to get a real Barchi moment um, and that is perhaps going to continue on forward. And I think we're going to see the whole group fully fall apart, except maybe Betty and Archie. Pete, what about you? What? What's your take? No. Okay. First off, fuck you for pausing and making us deal with this because I'm not ready. Uh, but I think that it's, uh, yeah, you know, Archie and Veronica are done again. And um, uh, <laughs> Betty and Jughead are going to have to have some real conversations. And, you know, but I don't know, man. They're strong as oak in this App the way they work together, and you seem snuggling together. You can't break that up. You, know? you, you better it's enjoy be it tough. while you got it, kids, because that be shit's tough, done. But it's, the road back can happen. I mean, I'll give you the road back can happen in the rest of the season, but when it's, we're talking about next episode, you got a long haul ahead, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. I will say on the Betty and Archie side of things in terms of next episode, I agree with you, Justin. I know that I understand there's going to be frustration off of this episode, but there's so much mystery to go through. And that's such a large part of the show that you can't ignore that. It's fine. Put it on hold for an episode. It's all good. Give it the space to breathe. Next episode. At the very least, even if there is no relationship stuff, I feel like we have to, just because of parallel structure with the beginning of Riverdale, have some sort of Betty Archie one-on-one scene, a goodbye scene, some sort of resolution there, just even for friendship, even if it's not yeah, romantic. I also think, like, it, it, with what Archie goes through this episode, Betty is the safe harbor for him, and I think he... Whether or not that's true for going forward or in in reality, I think he thinks that and he is going to go to that harbor next episode. And I think truly make an attempt to connect whether whether Betty does or doesn't. I think then we'll see what happens going forward. So I just I don't know if it's lack of sleep or what, but you guys talking gave me a vision of what's going to happen. Right. So so ayahuasca. So the Veronica Archie thing blows up. Uh, Betty, Jughead find out about it. They have a huge fight. Then it's like uh, Betty and Archie meet somewhere. Archie's standing there looking dumb. Betty crying, walks up to him, kicks him in the nuts. (laughs) And then it goes fade to black. Five years later, Archie's still on the ground. And then he gets up from what's like a, a nut coma. And they start the show from there. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I, normally I would <laughs> discount that, but the first episode after the time jump is actually called Chapter 80, Nutcoma. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's crazy. Weird. And that honestly, that, really, right re- that really resonates with me because I have an uncle who's been in a Nutcoma for uh, over a decade. <laughs> I'm hoping he comes out of it soon. All I hear are just some light groans. Uh, (laughs) Let's jump over to Cheryl's storyline This is one that I think we can talk about separately Because it very much runs on its own track This episode Um, I don't know if you guys remember I was a little mad Just ever so slightly, just a scotch Yeah, but believe me Alex, I read the internet I know What year is it? Uh, About the Shoddy storyline, the last episode But I think you guys talked me down And I think Uh even if I have problems with how we got there, the way this is executing, I'm very happy with I, going forward. I think they are doing the right moves here in the See, very typical, ridiculous Cheryl fashion. And I just think, like, to respond to that, because I was thinking, you I wrote an article, obviously, about this that is, is very good, and you feel your emotional response. I mean, we talk about Pete being overly emotional about uh, the show, <laughs> but then you wrote an article that was like, whoo, Alex feeling it right now. <laughs> I did. I uh, know, and it, it it's great, but I do think Shoney on this show it has there. There's an emotional gravity to their storyline, and in the actual story of the show, it, it they don't have that. Like I think, mm-hmm. I think in especially in last episode, it was just like, oh, this is the thing they're dealing with. But all the emotional focus is on the core four, so or most of it is not. To, and I'm not discrediting Shoney in any way here. I just think the mechanics of the show dictate that they just don't have as much emotional time. So when yeah. a decision like that that doesn't really hit with the the Shoney Chopaz heads out there, like Alex here, I, I totally get that. But I think. I, I was I had faith that they were always going to write the ship because it's like that's 
that's the story they're telling. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, the little scene we get with them here, I, I wrote awe because I was like, this is still so such a great relationship, and I'm so still invested in it. I I actually, you know, this was a tiny little seed right here where Tony right. comes up to Cheryl at her locker and was like, hey, it's the night sorry. after. I'm sorry I had to do this. And there, there's actually, I hesitate to say subtle because she's always very big in her expressions, but the work that Madeline Petch puts in there to get across several emotions of being frustrated, angry, realizing in her head that like, oh, right, Tony was just sleeping in another house. I get this kind of on an intellectual level, but is still angry about it and dealing with all these things at the same time. And realizing she still has work to do on her end, I thought was really good. Um, it, it was. Yeah. And you see the moment in here, which is what ends up being the story of this episode with her, where she's like, oh, this relationship is salvageable. The real issue I have is my family. And yeah. then she yeah. goes and <laughs> nips that <laughs> in the blossom bud. This is oh not entirely her fault, mind you. But we get a couple the, of scenes for sure. The idea, the idea she starts there. She released the Kraken, though. She definitely released the Kraken. Sure. And it's also crazy, Alex, you're like, Ugh, this Shoney storyline is so emotional. I really feel for these characters. Why won't it make sense? And then the rest of the story is like, yep, <laughs> the family's dead from a wall walker who emerges occasionally to kill them. <laughs> Like, I just don't understand the emotional beats. You're like, oh, I get it. There was a mass poisoning over Zoom. Uh, You know what? It's got to be the fact that, like, it is so purposely funny. This is another thing that gets talked about a lot. Like, I see a lot of Riverdale fans watch the show and talk about the show and be like, oh, it's so cringeworthy. This is terrible. Why are they doing this storyline? They know exactly what the fuck they're doing all times. And that is nowhere more present than in this storyline where, just to run through it really quickly, we get the Zoom with the Blossom family. Cheryl comes up with a good solution. She's like, hey, we're going to take a parcel of land. We're going to give it over to the indigenous people. Uh, We're going to get money off of it so we can restart our Blossom Maple Company. This is good news for everybody. The Blossom family is like, no fucking way. We hate you. Get out of here, you bitch. She goes over to her mother, Penelope, and is like, I really am very upset about her family. He's like, no problem on it. Just get an alibi. She goes away on a trip with Tony. They have a cute little kiss. They do that. Uh, Vanessa hides her pregnancy. Uh, And then we get the scene that made me laugh so hard. My kids came in and were like, what's going on? Are you okay? (laughs) But Cheryl comes back in ludicrous. What is it? A babushka? She's yeah, wearing, uh, like a, a sort of veil, a veil babushka. A veil for well, when no, people Nana die. Blossom is wearing, dressed all in black, wearing a veil. Right. Well, but it's crazy. Right. Let me just stop you right there. Like, for Cheryl to come in and be like, Nana Blossom, you're the craziest character in this crazy town, and you're wearing a funny hat? I have a lot of questions about that. I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, but what's hilarious is she goes, okay, you're rocking that. That means wall mom's here. Mom! And that, then the that bookcase the moves. That I died. I like, lost I legitimately it. just screamed and laughed out loud. mom planted Nana there and then walked back and closed the door behind her. The way that was shot was perfect. Absolutely oh, so perfect. Good. Cheryl B, oh knowing my. that her mom is just hanging out of the walls, taking the time to do the wide shot that pulls back the slow creak of the bookcase as it pulls back and her being like, yes, I poisoned and killed all of our family yeah, members. But what did Cheryl think was going to happen? The look on her mom's face when Cheryl was like, mom, help me. And she was like, this is my way back in. I don't have to live in the walls anymore. I can just take care of this problem for Cheryl. And she tells him, Cheryl, go somewhere with your lady. You need an alibi. I'm going to take care of business. Cheryl knew what was going to happen. Well, to that point, her reaction at the end, which is so Cheryl's storyline on Riverdale, is she kind of just rolls her eyes rather than dealing with the emotional trauma of her entire family is dead. Everyone gone. Dead. Poisoned. Well, they were all dicks, uh, to Cheryl's point. Uh, But... I I agree. Like for anyone to be like, this show's too crazy. I'm like, do you, do you, what you said earlier, it's meticulously done and set up to be executed perfectly here. It's great. Problem solved. Cheryl's in control of the company. Everything's great. Exactly. Everything's going to work out with Shoddy. What are 
there's got to be a cop that questions Cheryl or her family, well, right? Somebody's got to show I up. I do wonder, because I, I think these are fan-generated rumors just off of some random Instagram post, but there were some. There was some speculation. Are you plugging your minions right now? I'm Is not, that what you're doing? I don't have minions. Stop it, Pete. Yes, uh, you are. But there's been some speculation that post-time jump, we don't know anything about Cheryl. Maybe she's in prison. So I do wonder if there's some sort of thing where Cheryl and Tony are back together, they're happy, and then Cheryl gets carted off to jail for murdering her entire family. I mean, it points to her and... uh, Well, she could just point to the wall and then, you know, they would have to... Here's the thing with Penelope. She's uh, sometimes in different parts of the wall. She's good at hiding in the wall. You got to keep knocking until you find the shallower part. That's how you find it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Just like a a stud. All right, let's move back to (laughs) Veronica. Sorry, uh, Dr. Kirtle reveals Brett's body. His eyes have been taken out, which is pretty gruesome. The Creepy Morgue guy. I was so happy Creepy Morgue guy is back. Love Dr. Kirtle Jr. So fun. Dr. Kirtle Jr. Um, It was very fun to see him. I also like the line, total call-out line, like, "Uh, Dr. Kirtle, do you always get prison bodies? And he's like, yep, I do. Yes, I do. uh, And I always call up my high school buddies to come see if they want to have a (laughs) little peek. Look at some weird shit, yeah. Oh my god. Uh, so that was super fun. Uh, then we get a wild scene where Hiram just straight up attacks Archie in the gym, puts him in a chokehold, and then Mr. Keller gets Archie out of it by also putting him in a chokehold. Uh, and they shut that down. Um, what, could, just real quick. Yes, please, Pete. Archie says, Get out of my gym. That's not Archie's gym. That's Hiram's gym that Hiram gave to Archie. Well, but Why he, does he, he just fully, leave there? He fully gave it to Archie. Yeah. Sure, sure, but like, I mean, I think that's the point. It's like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you don't retain a lot of ownership. (laughs) No, Pete keeps a little invisible piece of fishing line on all the gifts he gives, so he can yank it back at some point. Uh, No, I, I think that was the point here. He's like, get out of my gym, and the subtext there being like, things change, dude. This is my gym now, and Veronica and I aren't together. So like. Grow up, Hiram. Because wow. Hiram is behaving like Archie. Well, Hiram to live has to murder people. That That's is, what that he is believes. his idea. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is a crazy idea. But I do think to that point, this sets up this surprisingly good lodge storyline where Hiram, like you're saying, is out of control. His daughters, his wife, call him out if they figure out a perfectly. He's always Hiram been out of control. To, well, he's already been out of control. But here specifically, you don't solve muscular disorders by punching people on the street. That's just not something. All he needs is his fist and, and a gun. gun. It's mm-hmm. true. A yeah. gun and his two fists. Well, I will say, I thought it, I found it interesting that Hiram and Archie... Why add the gun? Uh, well, because he kills people with it. Uh, I, thought, <laughs> I, I thought it was interesting that Hiram and Archie were sort of going through the same thing or on the same track in this episode. That mm-hmm. they've lined mm-hmm. up in a weird way that I did not see coming. Um, and especially, they didn't really deal with it, but Veronica's at the center of these two, the two people she's closest to, or at least the two men that she's closest to in her life, are both like truly coming on the hinge at the same time. And she's just like ice cold dealing with it. Yeah. Uh, well, you can't back blame any of that Veronica. stuff on Veronica. What? Oh, what was that, Pete? You can't, you can't put any of that stuff on Veronica just because. I'm not putting it on her. I'm saying she has to deal with it. Oh, okay. How many breakups did you guys go through where you had to fight your ex's dad? Oh, a God. bunch. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, once a year, my wife's dad fights me for her honor. Good. And if I lose, we have to get divorced. So far, fingers crossed, it hasn't happened. But And we should say your wife, is, your wife is a clown. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's a real thing. His wife is actually a clown. And that's a clown um, tradition. Like, rule. Yes. Yeah. I did, uh, I did when we were first dating, uh, have a whole plan on how to take down her family. We would have long conversations about that, where I'd take, Smart. like, her nephew, throw it at her dad first, and everybody <laughs> would be like, oh, God, got to get after the nephew. That would give me enough time to, like, strategize and go after the smaller people, take them down first. It's all Smart, but, yeah, but you can't go smaller people. You got to go biggest first. Biggest threat in the room. You got to take that down first. Interesting. Not me. I take out the appliances first. <laughs> uh, the well, cell phones. Uh, then work speaking my way of up taking to people. things out, Pets. Uh, Hermosa is at Pops, wondering what's bothering Veronica, eating a nice-looking fruit cup. Uh, she goes out back, and the Irish gang, I guess, in town, the straight Malloy's. up. What the Malloy's? 
Malloy's. Malloy's. Sorry. Malloy's. Uh, the Malloy's uh, try to murder Veronica <laughs> until Hermosa kills them. This was wild, like even by Riverdale. She standards. has a silencer on her gun. She's not, this isn't her first time. And then she like, goes, she's got she, a silencer. She makes a point, don't worry, this is all legal. <laughs> Which I was like, what? Well, Why are you saying so. that? This also, whole thing, I was like, think... what a wild and unnecessary <laughs> twist to add to this literal roller coaster ride. We're on. They, they didn't really address this much in the episode. Where and I don't the think they necessarily go? will going forward. But do you think Hermosa set this up? Like, I've, there was a sense of yes. Hermosa yes. kind of manipulating the background the way Hiram manipulated to end, get the end result that she wanted. That's Anytime a good call. you see a lodge drinking, they, they're the ones behind it all. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so I believe that was all Riverdale. That was all the cold open. Uh, <laughs> yep. I think that's 100% right. Uh, Bughead and Charles talk about Brett uh, very quickly. Meanwhile, Veronica and Hermosa have a discussion. They talk to Hermione, love the scene, love the lodge ladies all teaming up. They decide, yep. you know what, once and for all, we got to take care of Hiram. He is out of control. You know it. Hermosa's like, uh, Hermione's like, oh, yeah, you know I'm in. Let's do this. When was the last time we saw Hermione not drinking a glass of wine? Uh, never. Uh, it's going to do her well on her new assignment, which we find out about at the end of the episode, I think. Oh, yes. my God. That was hysterical. Yeah. Random plug. Yes. We'll get to that in yeah. a second as well, because I have questions. Uh, but then we find out also that <laughs> David is dead, hung under an owl mask. And I'll tell you, oh. this is maybe thinking too much about it, but this was actually the one thing that felt like COVID filming to me that they couldn't mm. get back. The actor was playing David for this one shot scene. So they probably got really? somebody on set to put on the owl mask and hang hung him that way. No, no, I, I disagree because I was like, who the fuck is David? And then when I saw the owl mask, uh, I was okay. like, Oh, right. Gotcha. Interesting. Uh, but Betty is suspicious. She thinks it's too neat. Turns out, of course, she's right about that, uh, even though Charles is very dismissive Betty. of it. Uh, and uh, then we go back to Archie's storyline. Mary asks Archie if he will write a letter for Mr. Augustine, oh. who is on trial, um, oh. who took the fall for Fred's hit and run to kind of help out with the judge to defray a sentence a little bit. Archie, very conflicted about it, of course. Yeah. Uh, then we go back to Hiram, furious at Veronica and Hermosa, really driving home that he's out of control, just screaming at them, like straight up in their faces, yeah. and they leave. Yeah. Uh, and then we go back to the Cooper Jones household for a very cute scene. Jughead gets a text. He's gotten into the University of Iowa on a writing scholarship, which is very nice. And everybody was very excited. And I thought, I mean, obviously they're going to do this, but FP being like, let's have a big celebration. Go to Pops, the place that we literally yeah. eat three meals a day. Yeah. And he says all the cheeseburgers and banana splits they can eat. I'm like, take a break. <laughs> eat a salad. <laughs> what do you mean what take a break? Tops? It's a celebration. <laughs> they it... celebrate every day. They could have gone to uh, so many different nightclubs in Riverdale to celebrate. I thought it was great that they chose Pops. They could have gone to the the gate club. What is that called? (laughs) Buttholes or something? Wow. What? (laughs) I think if everyone in this town took a break from mainlining hot fudge every day, everyone would be a lot more chill. (laughs) There was a lot of like... There was a lot of plugs for Pops on this where it was like Jelly Bean just drinking out of a like a milkshake that said mm-hmm. Pops on it. I was like, yeah, we Pops, we know. Yeah, we know. You guys like this. Uh, also, yeah. though, before they cut to the scene, first indication that, yep, the Jelly Bean theory that Justin put out a long time ago is correct. Jelly Bean Jay very pieces. sadly looks at some rolls thoughtfully <laughs> that are placed Lingering. on Lingering. A lot Linger. of lingering on old JB here. Yeah. yeah. And I was yeah. like, hmm, either she's thinking about what just happened or she really wants a roll instead of a cheeseburger. Turns out it was the former. Uh, then we <laughs> go back to Archie. He's trying to write the letter. He can't do it. Flash Writing back. is hard. Yeah, it is hard. Yep. Uh, and then Betty gets <laughs> another call. Thank you, Pete. Uh, gets another call right in the middle of the night. This time it's Donna at a, a pier set. <laughs> yep. Fun. That, very fun. I wanted to know more about that. Why was she at a pier? Was she trying to get in a boat? What's going on with her? Yeah. Uh, but she's in danger. How far away is that? Betty is like, nope, no thanks. Not going to get to that. But kind of thinks better about it in the morning. Uh, also, just a little note, Jughead was eating in every single scene in this episode. There was not a single Hungry. scene where he was not eating. Like a boss. He's yes. going to need his strength for next episode. Yeah, he is. Uh, so she calls Joan's parents, and Joan's parents very forthcoming about what's going on with Joan. They're like, oh, yeah, she died getting hit in the head with rock. Thanks, Donna. Yeah. 
Um, I know it's that also sort of funny thing. She's like, Oh, is this Donna? And Betty's like, Yep, it's yep. me, Donna. <laughs> I'm Donna. <laughs> Uh, back to Hermosa and Variety who talk. They decide they want to amp things up a bit, uh, try to give Hiram, uh, push Hiram in the direction, kind of trade him like a dog as they talk about it later. Oh, man. Uh, and then we get a heartbreaking scene again with Archie where Mr. Augustine comes up, explains that his son has confessed and says, listen, please, can you write the letter? And there's a great speech from Archie here that is so sad about, you know what? I might have hit somebody. I understand that mistake, but I never would have ran. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but as soon as we see him walk into Archie's gym, I I immediately like clutched uh, my pearls and I was like, oh, no, why would you bum rush Archie right now? He's too emotional. Dude, you could get punched in the face hard. Like, what are you doing? Um, like really pushing this issue when Archie's still trying to deal with it. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I just I was surprised that Archie had such a clear way to communicate, like how frustrating it is, like the whole running, like going away thing is, yes, that is the worst thing you could do. But like the fact that he was able to kind of pull that out, then I was very impressed with Archie in that moment, how well he handled that. Well, and it, it was really nice to see this sort of this beat really setting up where Archie gets by the end of the episode mm-hmm. and really sort of takes Fred's legacy and Fred's philosophy in and is able yeah. to, from this low point being like, no, I'm not going to forgive this dude. Even though it was an accident, he still made a mistake that cost me. And then as he goes on in the rest of the episode, he finally does come to find forgiveness. Um, that I thought that was great. And it re- you mean, really feel the emotion each time. They're yeah, very, they we- commit to it. Can we just talk about the letter? I mean, can we just finish this Sure, part? we can go through the wretch of Archie's storyline. I mean, there's a couple of things that happened before the letter, uh, but Archie comes home later on. He sees Mary is watching the tape that the voyeur, sorry, auteur, oh, excuse God. me, made. Uh, heartbreaking, again, scene. Yeah. Just Mary sobbing. Is this what happened to you? You need oh, to talk to God. me, Archie. Oh, my God. Would she just point blank ask that? Oh, he, could yeah, not believe it. In the middle of this, though, he just rips that VHS tape right in half. Oh, oh yeah. The fact that and he then, rips it in half, I was like, that was cool. Dude. Yeah. And then, like, takes a bat to a very old television and uh, VCR setup. Oh, man. He didn't need to break the TV, let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, there was a mention of him earlier, so it's not a total surprise that he shows up by the end of the episode. But we do get semi-surprise. Uncle Frank comes back again, as we talked oh, about man. earlier. Um, and Archie basically punches him until he feels better. Uh, yeah. Which is, uh, I wouldn't agree with that method of things, but I think the way Archie deals with things and the way the Frank deals with things, it is actually the right way of doing it. Uh, And yeah, they're similar. Yeah, and the way they collapse at the end is very sweet and sad. Frank realized that and was like, I just got to be his punching bag for a little bit so he can work through this. Well, and I think the maybe this is what me reading into it, but I think the symbolism for me was like Archie spends all his time punching an inanimate bag. And that doesn't let any of the anger out. When he starts to see actual repercussions for his anger when he's punching Frank, I think that's when he's like, oh, God, I do need to let this out. This is only hurting me. And I thought that was cool. Well, I think there's part of that. And I think you could also take it one step further and say there's probably a part of him that is mad at Fred for leaving him, you know, and to take it out on Fred's brother, Frank then realize, oh, God, this is what I'm doing, really. This is where my anger is. This is this is the center of it. This is the core of it. Um, is very Also, some important. of those shots are for Frank because he's a fucking dick. <laughs> sure, that too. <laughs> uh, but he, at the end, they're all sitting around the table, seem to have healed very well. Quickly. Yeah. And this scene was especially crazy because it's like, they're like, oh, we're finally getting better. And then he's like, I need a lawyer to rep me from all the murders I committed as a mercenary. And she's like, yeah, I think I know somebody. Very cute conversation <laughs> Very. about absolving yourself of crimes, <laughs> but murder of murder. A crimes. lot of them. Yeah. Uh, and the storyline wraps up with Archie finally writing the letter for the kid. Mary reads it. And while we get the voiceover narration of the letter, Frank and Archie go to Fred's grave. And that's where we end. It seems like a real turning point. For Archie, uh, the single, yeah, the just the way that he kind of like in the letter, kind of not only talked about 
what's right and wrong and how Fred wants to kind of like live how he lived his life and what he meant to Archie was just so beautiful. And I was like, as soon as the letter started, I was like, Oh God, oh, I'm going to cry. And like uh, when our, uh, you know, Archie has that single tear at the end, I lost it. I mean, that was really beautiful. So well done. And like such an amazing nod to his father uh, I was just really impressed. Yeah, and to have an episode full of like so many crazy things happening and on a very quiet emotional beat like this, I thought I was surprised, pleasantly surprised that they went that yeah. way. Yeah, and also it's a nod to like, oh, you think you're crying now? Wait until next episode. Well, I yeah, think just ready. one final thing I'll say about that, and then we'll jump back and talk about the big mystery stuff, which we haven't really touched on at this point, uh, is that. This is a rare episode of Riverdale that kind of had everybody on different tracks, but still felt like it really worked together uh, in yeah. terms of that variance of story to the point that you're making, Justin, where Archie's was very emotional. Uh, Veronica's was very like crime focused and family focused with some twists, but still an emotional beats there. Um, while we had all these mystery stuff going on, the wild stuff with Cheryl, but it all blended very seamlessly. And I think part of that is probably uh, Gabriel Coria, who is the director of this episode, has directed so many episodes of Riverdale. And I think he just has a really good handle on how to shoot the show and work with the actors. And let me say, uh, to give some credit to the editing in this show, because the way they stack the scenes has got to be so tricky to be like, no, I think we need to touch this beat here, then this beat here, then this beat here. That is not uh, not easy. So the writing and editing, I guess, to complement both sides. Yeah. It, it, so it's hard to do that in a way that flows, to your point, Alex. And they really have gotten so good at doing that without letting us feel a break in, in any way. I mean, that's really impressive. I mean, one line producer to another, recognizing <laughs> like how you put a show together. <laughs> and, and, and like that's just nice. You, the industry nod you just gave them. All right. Let's jump over to the meat of the episode because there's still a lot more to go. But... Uh, as they're about to leave for their celebration, I believe, or maybe school or something like that, uh, Jughead finds a brand new tape on the door. It's more disturbing than ever before. Uh, the voyeur author is inside the house looking at Bughead while they sleep, puts a knife on Jellybean's face. Jellybean looks yeah. shocked. Good acting job from Jellybean. Wait, is that me? Wah, 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 yeah. wah. They go to the five seasons immediately. FP's like, let's get out of here. Uh, then we go back to Veronica. She got a text from Hiram. He is gotten the shit beaten out of him real quick one thing before you get there do you think the name of the hotel five seasons is a nod to the fifth season of riverdale oh like when they get there when they get there is it like there are pictures on the wall of all of them in season five and then they go sit down and watch the most of the six seasons (laughs) six season yeah so, uh, so okay. yeah, Hiram's gotten the shit beaten out of him. And as we mentioned earlier, Veronica says, no, I'm not going to help you and lays it all out for him, says you're not oh, getting man. any younger. The uh, harsh. Yeah. The other criminals that you're going up against just are. You're not going to be able to keep this up. You're going to die regardless if you keep going down this. And surprisingly, it actually breaks through to him. Hermosa loves it. Uh, and to finish off this thing here, uh, Hiram sits down with his whole family, says they're right. Uh, he says he's going to retire. Um, uh, Hermosa and Veronica love it. And then Hermione says, that's great. I'm not going with you. Back in season two, don't know if you guys remember this Andy Cohen cameo we had where he yep. asked me to be a real house of wife of New York. And I said, no, guess what? I'm doing it. And I am certainly looking at this too much, but it feels like there's a bizarre meta moment where they have a beat after that where she says, yes, for real, where it's like, wait, (laughs) hold on, what do you mean for real? Are we going to get a scene in the... Like is in the after the time jump, are we going to be like it's season eight of uh, Real Housewives of New York and we're buying lunch? I I almost I hesitated from doing it, but I almost we work pretty closely with uh, Bravo at work, so I was almost like, should I write Bravo and ask if the fictional character Hermione Lodge is going to be on Real Housewives <laughs> yep. of New York? No, I don't think so. I don't think I should do that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I wish you great would've... quote for Bravo to be like, excuse me, who's this calling? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I also think maybe it's because they do make such a point of it. It's such a weird detail to emphasize twice. Maybe it twice. Will, maybe it will be that Hermione and Veronica in the time jump move back to New York, and there mm-hmm. is some situation. Maybe Veronica becomes a celebrity due to some reality television thing. Like 
I could see that being what the time jump is would, about. It would be fun if we watched them watch a clip of it, you know, and be like, look, my mom's on the show. So back to Betty and Jughead. Turns out all they needed was a change of scenery to figure everything out, or mostly everything out. They're in the hotel at night chatting, and they're like, man, who could have found Adorable. out this info? Maybe the guy who's been bugging us the entire time and using bugs. And so they go back to the house. Charles comes in, Betty confronts him, says he got sloppy. He says, maybe I wanted you to find out. And he admits not only has he been listening into him, but in fact, he killed Donna, Brett and Joan, as well as David. David was a pervert. Jughead comes in. He also admits that, yes, he is with Chick. Chick clearly killed Brett in prison. They're both in prison together. Uh, True love knows no boundaries. Uh, And just like Dexter... He only kills people who deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then we get one final Children. beat there. Children, though, let's remember. <laughs> Children who he thinks deserve it. Right, children. Uh, <laughs> Betty pulls out a gun, says admit to everything, and he says, nope, except I'm not the auteur. You'll figure it out eventually. He clearly knows who it is. Uh, and we kind of move on from there. What's up, Pete? Uh, at this point, I, I wanted him to be like, I'm not really in the FBI because, like, it's just insane to me that he is a real FBI agent. That's, yeah, I, that's FBI training, is. man. That's what they train yeah. him to do. And um, I'm saying this talking to the guy, the FBI agent, watching me through my webcam right now. <laughs> that's right. He's given a thumbs up on his end. Nice work, Alex. Uh, <laughs> this was this happened very quickly, um, but they, they got to the point um, – I uh, the the fact that the true hero of Riverdale killed Brett I think makes a lot of sense mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. to step up in that way. When Betty pulled the gun Stop out, it. I was like, "You had that gun in your the back of your pants all this time." <laughs> that was, yeah. and it was like a cartoon gun. Uh, yeah. That was a yeah, weird. Was a car- that was the, the maybe the most surprising. I really like the line, "Baby brother, you'll figure it out," emphasizing like, "Hey, I'm a kill- sociopathic killer. It runs in my family, and you're related to me too, Jughead." Yeah, I I really like this. I I thought this resolution here, what to Charles and Chick and the whole storyline was great because even though it was just so fast, like, yep, yep. No. Yeah. All those loose ends. Yep. Yeah. That was me. Nope. Not that one. I'll say what I liked about this. Oh, I have a gun. Oh, yeah. I'm going to quietly go to jail now. Do we know if that would happen? Like it cut away. Did Betty really like? Yeah, he probably went to jail. I think he went to jail. Yes. I mean, he could be with Chick. yeah, exactly. I was going to say, like, there he goes off to jail maybe with Chick. Maybe that's what they wanted. I mean, he seems pretty comfortable getting caught. Like, it's not like he's – and he doesn't want revenge on them. He's like, I did this for you. It just felt like it was, like, too chill for all the things that was happening. Well, the thing like, that – I understand what you're saying, Pete. I mean, what I was getting at in terms of liking this is for the overall plot of the season, of season four – our two main suspects, I think, have been Charles and Chick and Jellybean, right? Which is obviously what it turned out to be. So it was predictable in that sense. But I do think the way that they executed it and the reasons for doing these things were surprising and well done in terms of the reveal and also made a different emotional sense than we'd expect. You know, we've had in the past three season finales, like, dark chaos has happened. You know, we had the Jason Blossom murder was at a fucked up ending. Black Hood was the town literally was on fire by the end of the season. Season three was the whole Gargoyle King thing, which was also insanity to go in a different direction here and have Charles and Chick and then the Jelly Bean auteur review uh, reveal that we'll get to in a second be quieter and more emotionally based and dealt with in a different way. I thought was really nice and surprising and interesting. Especially because the chaos is going to come with the emotional, interpersonal beats that we're going to get next episode. So I think if this episode was like dark chaos and the next episode is emotional dark chaos, I think that's too much. So I like that this is sort of coolly resolved. And at this point, they know how to do – they're like not surprised that it's their – brother <laughs> yeah they're just calmly solving all these murders yeah. just like real quick like all right let's line it all up well betty has right, that yeah, reaction is- later on when they're trying to figure out who the auteur is where she said has a line like of course my brother is a serial killer 
Yeah. Because, yeah, by this point, everybody in the family is fucked up. Everybody has done something terrible. It's the same thing with Cheryl finding out that her entire family has been poisoned and killed, which is like, yeah, all right. It's <laughs> yeah, season all right. five. It Shouldn't have talked to my mom. My mom's a serial oh, killer also. Oh, my God. Everybody's a serial killer. Yeah. Also related to the Coopers. There you go. Uh, just to start wrapping up here, though, we get the final little beat. Uh, Jughead figures it out as they talk. There's a very sweet little elbow kiss that happens that I thought was really cute as he's mm-hmm. lying there. Did you guys nice. like that? Again, again en- enjoy it while you have it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, all it takes is an elbow kiss, and he figures out exactly who the auteur is, goes in, and point blank, finally, his investigative methods work, walking up to the criminal and saying, are you the criminal? <laughs> but it's a sister jellybean says, you're the auteur. She says, yes. Uh, and uh, again, to the emotional beat of it all, I like the fact that we didn't have Jellybean laying it out. I like that it was Jughead sat down with FP and explained the whole thing to him. So just to go back through all of it, uh, the whole impetus for it is that Jughead was leaving for Stonewall. And Jellybean, we know, came from Toledo, finally had this family unit that lived in a house together. Even if it was a weird family unit, it was something that she had not had her entire life. So wanting to hold on to it, she knew Jughead was into mysteries. Give him a mystery. He's going to want to come back. And as does typically with teenagers and, you know, adults, too, things spiraled out of control. She amped it up with her friends. Ricky, the creepy dude uh, from from Griffins and Gargoyles, definitely helped her. How are you just – how are you calmly talking about this? Because she did some really – Well, because like we talked about, I think, in the last episode, nobody died. Like she did some pretty fucked up stuff. This is very messed up. It clearly played on people's emotions. It scared people. It's not anything she should have done. But I don't think technically, like, she did anything illegal, right? It was just messed wow. up. Well, menacing the town is sure. probably yeah. not the most legal thing. I, I guess. I'm no uh, Mary Andrews. I don't know every well, aspect of the law. Uh, that's true. Um, you are no Mary Andrews. I do think it is interesting if the rationale here was, like, uh, we have to – I want to keep Jughead around – why make the Archie Black Hood tape that we see here in this episode? Just it's out um, of control at this point. Th- that was my guess. I mean, I think to your point, maybe not everything totally fits in terms of what she did, but they they do give the explanation, which does make a lot of sense, that there are a lot of videos of all these things in blue velvet that David has been provided. So things like the Jason Blossom murder, obviously Midge being killed on stage. Those have been public events. Something like the Black Hood thing. No, not necessarily, unless there was security footage from somewhere in Pops. Um, But yeah, I I could see being like, oh, man, what's her next tape? What should we do? Oh, let's do this one. That would be so cool. Because she doesn't know she's about to be caught. Yeah. I'm glad you can relate to this. But like I used to make movies as a kid. Okay. Snuff films. Oh, my God. That's what I'm saying. Like, there is, okay, you know, you're having some weird stuff with the camera, and then there's, like, you're reenacting murders. You are doing things, like, you need some therapy, you need some help that's not just a, oh, she's a kid, and she just had a camera, and it's going through tough, like... Are are you saying... We can't just dismiss her. We've got to say, like... We've have to deal with this because it could grow into huger problem if this is where she's if this is her starting point. So you're saying Jellybee needs to go to candy jail. <laughs> no, I'm saying that she needs a little bit of help and someone needs to pay attention to her. Otherwise it's gonna upgrade from snuff films to yeah. actual I mean, spoiler, she, that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> yes. If she doesn't get on the right track, she's gonna go from Jellybean to some sort of sour patch kid. Uh, But then we get that really nice Pete afterwards where Jellybean says sorry, FP hugs her, and to your point, Pete, they're going to deal with this the next episode. Not uh, Like, I don't know this, I have not seen the episode, but we know FP is leaving the show. It seems pretty obvious that he's going to do exactly what we expected, which is Jellybean shouldn't be here. This town is bad for her. I need to take her somewhere else. 100%. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Uh, And that's the end of the episode. Uh, Any... Any final notes? I mean, we went pretty comprehensively through that. I feel yeah, like. <laughs> we covered it. Uh, but uh, I, just a great, satisfying episode. Je- uh, the fact that, like, it was like, oh, yeah, and Jellybean was using the murder cabin, as we all know. And, yeah. like, uh, somebody, can somebody just keep an eye on this murder cabin for, you know, just for future I mean, there's shit? there's a lot like, of murder cabins in Riverdale. <laughs> I don't think you can keep an eye on everything all the time. 
I mean, I want the, I want the comprehensive map of Riverdale with murder cabin, <laughs> sex bunker, mm-hmm. um, yeah. all the uh, murder murders with little X's on the ground. Oh, Love man. it. Before we wrap up here, who was the true hero of Riverdale wow. this episode? <laughs> Pete, we'll kick it over to you first. I'm going to go with uh, Betty all day, every day. Uh, just the way, you know, even though she's not being able to sleep, the way she's kind of like putting things together and helping Jughead solve crimes and the way that they're enjoying every last bit of their relationship before the talk that's coming. I very much enjoyed it. And I want to give a shout out to Creepy Moore Guy. Love to see you. Dr. Dr. Curdle Jr. Jr. Justin, what about you? Before I say, let me um, just throw this to Pete. Um, there's no greater threat to Betty all day, air day. And what's going to happen next episode? <laughs> oh man, I have a feeling that Betty's all days are numbered from Pete. Ooh. Like if oh. if Betty breaks Jughead's heart, which I think is going to happen, are you, can you truly support that? I'm not ready to think about that yet. Wow, Pete's crying. <laughs> Uh, next podcast, if you if Pete was stressed out this podcast, next podcast, Pete's just going to be like, I do that. Straight up Tasmanian deviling. Yeah. I'm sorry, sir. This microphone has been strangled to death. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it up for uh, Archie in this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we make fun of Archie a lot, um, but sure. just yeah. from a performance level with KJ Appa and from a writing and just character arc standpoint, I thought this episode was really great, really paid off. Um, all of these uh, storylines that we've had with Archie in a a pretty, a solidly emotional and realistic for Riverdale way uh, that I thought was really admirable. So I got to give it up for that. Yeah, I agree with all of those. And this is hard to choose. I thought everybody was so good in this episode, but just in yeah. terms of plot lines, I could give it up for Cheryl because nothing made me. <laughs> maybe, you know what? I'm going to give it up to Penelope, Penelope because nothing made yeah. me laugh harder than her walking out of the wall. That is oh an all time. Riverdale moment in my book. 100%. To be able to walk out with a straight face and be like, yep, (laughs) this is where I've been hiding, right here. (laughs) So fun. Great stuff. Uh, And if you want to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Socially, you can check us out at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you after dark. Barchi rising. <laughs> boo. Just cut that last boo out. <laughs>